You may be seated. Thank you, Linda. That's a long passage. <laughs> if I want to uh, review last week's message, uh, on the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit came upon 120 disciples whom they were devoting themselves in prayer. Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to hear the sounds like rushing wind. It wasn't really wind, but it was sounds like rushing wind. And they saw the, the fire, like tongues of fire. It seems like fire, but it wasn't really fire. They came upon people, and they began to uh, speak other languages as Spirit of God enabled them to speak. So they heard, they saw, they began to speak. When the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came upon them, those were the phenomenons that took place in the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, since it was the like feast that Jews celebrated it for many years, uh, they came from all over the world. They came to Jerusalem to celebrate the day of Pentecost. So uh, like 15 nationalities, countries, I would say, the world they're representing in the back in those days, they came and they witnessed. They got amazed. They were you know, asking the question, what does this mean? They were talking about the wonders of God. They could hear in their own language. And what, what, what does this mean? They asked those questions. And some of them mocked them. You know what? I think they, are, they drink too much wine. They are drunken. And, and, and Peter was standing and he delivered his very first sermon. After church was built, born, uh, Peter, one of the apostles, stood and he's preached the first, very first sermon. Uh, is this working? Okay. Can you maybe do it through hand? Uh, okay. The passage. Okay, I don't have a passage there. Okay. Uh, let me just read verse 14. Uh, then Peter stood up with eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who all of you who live in Jerusalem. There are many Jews living in Jerusalem back in those days because they want to stay in Jerusalem because they consider the city of Jerusalem as a city of God. Uh, and, and he was saying, let me explain this to you. What you just witnessed today on the day of Pentecost. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And he spoke. He preached the first sermon. As I was meditating this passage, Peter's first sermon, I, thought, I, thought, I was thinking about my first sermon. During my seminary year, I remember uh, it was, uh, was my very first sermon that I had to deliver to KM people, the you know, church that I used to serve. And two things happened. First, uh, I prepared a message, but I, I was talking, yet I didn't know what I was talking. You know, you know that kind of feeling? You prepare a message, you, you're talking, you keep talking, but you don't know what, what you're really saying. Your mind's totally kind of blank, and you keep talking. Was it the Holy Spirit? No, it wasn't. Because I could tell by, you know, their response. The audience, they were like looking at me with kind of, kind of concerned. Like they were like, oh, Pastor Ken, I'm kind of embarrassed, kind of, you know, kind of, that kind of look. And the other thing happened was that, you know, I had too much sweat to the point that lowered to my chin and began to drop on my sermon note. 
I was, I was like looking at my, oh my goodness, then I swear, keep dropping it. I was so embarrassed. I don't want to compare my sermon with Apostle Peter here, but he was, I mean, filled with the Spirit. And he began to explain what this thing happened through the scriptures. You know, you and I, uh, I am at least, but you, you may not be called to be a preacher. But God has called us to be witness, right? He has given us a task to be witness of Jesus Christ. So it is, there's definitely a lesson that we can learn from today's text. As we observe Peter's preaching, hey, I think we should learn these things since we are called to be witness of Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about three points today. First, gospel means preaching the word of God. He began his message just quoting the scripture from the Joel, quoting scripture from the Psalm 16 and 110. He spoke about the you know, Bible, Scripture. When we are filled with this confidence, you know, when you look at Peter's, uh, uh, Peter in this text, he was filled with confidence. He was, I mean, bold and was preaching the word of God. How did he get that boldness? Where did he get that confidence? Because Holy Spirit came upon him, right? It was him. It was Holy Spirit. And when Holy Spirit is filling Filling us, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, since the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth, He's going to point His finger to Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So, the Word of God will make sense. We'll have an understanding of the Scripture. So it is important for us, as we share the Gospel to others, it is so important for us to fill with the Spirit. At the same time, filled with the Word of God. So that we can point our fingers to the Word of God. Point our fingers to Jesus Christ. Because He is the Word of God. In the beginning there was a Word, Word became a flesh. Flesh dwelt among us, right? That's the Word of God. And He, he began to quoting the Joel. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He began to talk about the Scripture. And when you look at the Joel, this is the exactly what it says. And afterward, I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see the vision. Afterward. What's that mean? And afterward. It means exactly when Messiah comes. This is the fulfillment of the scripture. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy. When Messiah comes, this is things, phenomena that you have experienced. This is exactly what God spoke to the joy And this, you are witness. Right now, that's what that means. But when you look at Peter's message on Acts, today's text, this is how it begins. In the last days. In the last days. What's that mean, the last days? In the last day means Christ came. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came upon them. From that moment to until the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's the last days. And Peter is saying, we are living in the last days. And God's going to pour His Spirit upon us. And you know what? I truly believe, even though it happened in 2,000 years ago, I believe God can do the same thing today because I consider this is the last day. Still last day, right? Jesus hasn't come back yet. So I consider this time, time of period, as a last day. So God is the same God. God can pour His Spirit upon us. 
He can do miracles, things, signs and wonders. You know, the problem of the church is we are limiting God's power. We, we you know, like set the rule and, hey, you know what, I don't think I can do beyond this boundary. No, no, he can do beyond because he's God, right? And, uh, you know, last days, that phrase gives us, teaches how to live. We have to live with a sense of urgency. Let me ask this question. What if you have, like, how would you live if you only have one year to live? Go out and have a great time, right? What would you do if you only have one year to live? Spend time with the family, right? Yeah, that's pursuing the love, the spirit of the love. I, I treasure that. That's so important. I remember uh, back in my college year, I went to bathroom in the morning and toilet was full of blood. And I went to school that morning. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I think I only have one year to live. And I began to plan. I'm going to go to uh, Korea. I'm going to witness my grandma, who wasn't believers. I'm gonna, I have to share the message with her and my cousins and my friends. And I, I made a plan since I only have one year to live. And I went to the doctor that day. And the doctor told me uh, I had a hemorrhoid. <laughs> so I didn't have to go to, uh, I mean, I didn't have to die. Uh, and I didn't go to Korea. Because I didn't feel, you know, a sense of urgency. Uh, you know what? We Christians, we are living in the last days, but we somehow, like, put away, you know what? We really have a, we have a life, I mean, we have a life waiting for us. We'll probably live forever. When you are young, you tend to, I mean, we tend to think that way. But that's not true. As a Christian, our attitude should be, hey, we're living in the last day. That's why, as Esther mentioned, we have to pursue the you know, love of spirit. I think that's what I want to do. Pursue the love of spirit. At the last, since this last day, we have to be awake and spend time in prayer and pursue the love. Because love will cover multitude of sins. That's what the Peter said. It is important, pursuing the love of the love of spirit. Live with a sense of urgency. I think that's a big challenge that God is telling us. And think about this passage here. See, I will pour out my spirit on all people. In the Old Testament time, God only, God was only upon the kings and priests and judges and few selected people. But on the last day, He's going to pour His spirit upon what? All people. Meaning all of us. Educated, uneducated, slave or master. I mean, he's going to pour his spirit upon all of us. And look at this. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you have any sons and daughters? We do have, right? Some of us, right? Think about Mizo's like you know, prophesying, right? I mean, wow, it's going to be awesome, right? <laughs> wow, this kid. You know, in Korea, you know, like, like Korean kids are smart. I think very smart. Yet, I, I saw the statistic. They, 95, 95% of them, you know, like have bad mouths. It became a lifestyle. They're cussing and they would do all kind of stuff. 95% of a youth kid. Wow. But 
they start to, rather than cussing others, they start to prophesy. They, they start to call in the scriptures, I would say. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And look at this young man will see visions. We should see the vision, right? Can I use the expression we? You and I, right? We are young, right? Yeah, we always have to see the vision. <laughs> Last uh, Friday morning, uh, we EM started the early morning prayer. I enjoy early morning prayer that morning because usually we have 5.30 k.m. prayer means 5.30. So after the message is done, I went to uh, EM room and I was joining the, our uh, prayer meeting. Great praise, great message. I mean, you guys, are, I mean, was the first message that Linda and Julius, you guys, the first message, was it? I said, naturally, I mean, they're great speakers. I didn't see any sweat, I mean, but you guys were really good. After message, you guys were praying, right? I think I prayed about 10 minutes because I had a breakfast meeting. They were preparing tteokguk. So I cannot be late because, you know, like, I don't want to talk to be, you know, like, mess it up, right? So uh, I went. But before I went to the you know, place, I looked at our EM members. You guys are all praying. I was surprised. I was so surprised. I mean, usually you guys pray like five minutes, right? But they were praying. I don't know, some of you guys may be falling asleep, but you guys are praying. I was like, Wow, that picture, that, I captured the picture. Man, that's that morning, you know, Spirit of God was telling me, they will see the vision. Because they were closing their eyes in prayer. That's why they will begin to see the vision. You know, when you close your eyes in prayer, you will begin to see the vision. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you guys, upon us, you will see, young men will see the vision. This is what ought to be. And Old men will dream dreams. When you become old man, you don't really sleep much. So you don't have time to really dream dream. But they will dream dreams. What kind of dream is this? Unfulfilling dream? No. It is a new dream that God is pouring upon even the elderly man. When the Holy Spirit comes upon them, upon us, you know, this is the last day. I totally believe this thing will happen. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer. Young men will prophesy. Young men will see the vision. Young men will dream dreams. Second point. Gospel means preaching the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you if want to understand the prophecy, all you need to do is look at the fulfillment. You know, that's the way you do it. Like, uh, Therefore, when you cross look at Jesus Christ, everything, the prophecy will make sense. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, it's like you're better to see the answer first than looking at the problem. Oh, okay, now I get it. Kind of deal. If we focus your eyes on Jesus Christ, life's problem questions will make sense. Sometimes we don't focus our eyes on Jesus. That's why we're missing it so much. Therefore, it is important for us to focus eyes on Jesus. You know, Bible, Old Testament prophesied that through the line of David, Messiah will be born. And David himself prophesied about coming J- 
Jesus Christ and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what Peter is quoting in today's text. When you look at the verse 25, David said about him, Jesus Christ, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will live in hope because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your holy one to see decay. Decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You know what? Peter quoting the Psalm 16 in this passage, and he pointing. This is, you know, David mentioned about prophesies about Jesus Christ and his, about his resurrection. God is going to raise him. It doesn't will keep the body decay. That was the prophecy. You know what? That same passage. I preached last week, last one of the uh, early morning prayer, pre-assigned passage of Psalm 16. What I usually do for early morning prayer, I just meditate and just do it as if I'm doing the QT sharing. So I, I prepare, Monday morning, I, I prepare the message. Then after the message is done, I open the, today's text. Then I began to read this Acts chapter 2. Then I, oh, wait a minute. I just read the passage, Psalm 16. Oh, he mentioned about Psalm 16 here in the book of Acts, chapter 2. Then what I realized? Peter could see resurrection of Jesus Christ through the Psalm 16, which I couldn't see. I was a little bit disappointed to myself. How come I missed that? What did I do wrong? Why did he, how could he pick up this resurrection story from the Psalm 16? This is the secret. He was focusing on Jesus. Therefore, all the scripture in the Bible just, you know, makes sense to him. That was difference. I was challenging myself. God, I mean, Ken, you got to focus on Jesus. So whenever you read the scripture, you will, this will make sense. Jesus' death and resurrection was the main point that Peter uh, uh, on Peter's message. Another passage here. Uh, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of the fact. He died for us and he rose from the death. And I mean, when you look at this text today, today's text, you can see like there, uh, Peter's heart, his eagerness to preach the word in verse 14. He said, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Verse 22, man of Israel, listen to me, listen to me. Verse 36, name that all Israel be assured of this. Why are you so, I mean, so eager to share this message? Why was so eager to share this message? The answer is in verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I think that's it. Everyone, rich or poor, educated or uneducated, old and young, anyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved because of that. Because of that, he was preaching the death of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, these two things, death and resurrection, isn't this our problem? What is our biggest problem that we human beings have? The sin issue, right? Jesus Christ dealt with the sin issue on the cross. He died for us. He died instead of us. We should die on the cross, but he died for us, right? So it is that, you know, Jesus dealt with that issue. Resurrection. We all have to die. I mean, we all have to die, right? But now we have a hope because Jesus became the first fruit of resurrection. He dealt with two most important matter issues that we human beings have. 
That's why he was so eager to preach this word. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon his name. What's that mean by calling upon his name? Didn't the Bible say, Lord, Lord, you know, you know, even if you say, Lord, Lord, I'm not going to even, I don't even know you kind of deal in the, in the book of gospel. Is it the same Lord? I mean, name? No, 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 I don't think so. The name, calling the name means, I know the name. I'm continuing calling his name. The, I'm living. The name became my bone and blood kind of deal. You know, I'm, I'm calling my wife. Uh, Sometimes I'm calling her in a very different ways. We have our own secret way to, you know, like address one another. Listen, I'm calling her Ling Dal. You know what I mean? Darling Nivers. <laughs> Ling Dal. <laughs> Darling. I mean, you know, like, you may think, is it, Ken, is it, I mean, is it okay? Is it? But when we address to one another like that, we know what it, what it really means. You know, I'm calling a Chagia. It's not just calling a name, but it has more than that. We have our history together. Those hard moments and good moments of laughing cries together. Those intimacies is there. That's why just calling a name, it has more than just calling a name. We have like 30 years of our histories. When we call out his name, that's what that means, the intimacy. You know, he came into your life and he came into my life and began the relationship. And uh, he, he was like, oh God, reverend. I mean, we have to, I still have, have fear of him as a reverential fear, but he's, I mean, more than a friend these days. I spent time with him. I, I broke his heart so many times. And try to give my best shot to honor him. Those all those moments and moments, and, and that became the relationship, right? Open, uh, I hope and pray that you and I can call his name all the time. Not just Sunday, like what time is it? Like, like eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock name. I hope and pray his name can be called out Monday nine o'clock, Tuesday nine o'clock, Wednesday every day. Last point. Gospel means preaching that Jesus is the Lord and Christ. He is the Lord. That's what, how he ends this message. Therefore, not all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucify, both Lord and Christ. What's that mean, Lord? Lord means he is the Lord. He is the master. He is reigning over us. He's in control. That expression gives me a lot of con- I mean, encouragement, at least for me. Uh, sometimes I fear, you know, like, oh, how... Can I deal with this issue? How can I uh, go through these challenges that I have? How can I pray together with the members who are suffering and dying with the cancer and all kind of you know, issues in my life? What do I do, Lord? Uh, sometimes I, don't, I feel like I don't have any answer. But when this thought comes to my mind, I got a lot of encouragement. Ken, I'm your Lord. I'm in control. Don't worry. Why worry so much? I'm in control. And I feel so encouraged. Yes. You are Lord of my life, Lord of my wife's life, Lord of my son's life, Lord of my church life, member's life. You are Lord. You are the 
You are, you are reigning over us, controlling over us. And he's the Christ, means in Hebrews, Messiah, anointed one. Messiah, he's, you know, Peter mentioned in Matthew 16, you are the Christ, the son of living God. That's what Messiah means. Son of living God, meaning Jesus Christ is the God in human form. If he's for us, if he's for you, who can be against you? Who can be against us? Bible is telling us, I am for you. I am with you. I'm living in you. You are mine. I mean, isn't that encouragement? I mean, isn't that awesome encouragement? Yes. He is the Lord and He is Christ. As I conclude this message today, this is my prayer. You and I can uh, profess this faith to Jesus. Jesus, you are my Lord and Christ. If you can really say that with your heart, you are, I would say, very successful person. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right expression. You, you, you made it. You got a gold medal. I want to say that. Even if you die today, even if you don't get anything, I think it is more than enough. If you can truly say that, Jesus, you are the Lord and you are Christ. That settles it. Because that's the most important profession that you and I can make. I thought about uh, myself uh, last week as I was preparing this message. I was destined to die and have condemnation, living in hell forever. But Christ came to me. The Holy Spirit actually uh, came into my heart and revealed the truth. He was pointing his finger to Jesus Christ. Then I, when I look at him, he said, wow, everything makes sense because of the Holy Spirit. And not, I, not only that I became a child of God, God I, I don't deserve to be a child of God, but I, I, not, you know, I became a child of God. And he gave me the mission. I think that's awesome. Isn't it? Not only I got the mission, but all of us follow Jesus Christ. We do have mission. God called us to be witness of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you, all of you, by professing His faith. Let's pray together. Lord, we were supposed to die and fall into darkness of hell. But Jesus Christ, you came to us, you visited us, and you showed yourself to us and made us your children, Father God. Not only we are saved by you, Lord, but you made us your children and co-worker, partner, to do the mission that you have interest to us, Lord God. Thank you for calling us your partner, Father God. What an honor it is that we can be your witness, Lord. Continue to use us as your instrument to impact this generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.